up, everybody? Glad to be with you today. You know what? I love this time of year. You know, this Christmas season, you know, the the family time, the setting up the, the Christmas tree and decorating with the family and playing Christmas music and drinking hot chocolate or coffee and watching our favorite Christmas movies. You know, just having a blast and enjoying the, the spirit of the season and the and just enjoying that time with my family and my kids. And I mean, it's just my favorite time of the year for so many reasons. And I pray that as we dive into this Christmas season, that God will pour out his blessings and favor on you and your family. I pray that in all of the awesomeness of Christmas, that we never forget the true meaning of Christmas. You know, behind all the hype and commercialism is a real Jesus, a real love story of a Savior who stepped off his throne and laid it all on the line for you and me. The Bible says there is no greater love than someone who would give their life for another. And Jesus did that in the greatest display of love the world has ever seen when he went to the cross. It was, you know, it is what God does. You know, he, he takes something meant for evil, like the cross, something ugly, and he makes it a symbol of his great love, a symbol of his compassion, mercy, and grace, a symbol of his power and majesty. I know Christmas, December 25th, is not when Jesus was actually born. But God took a day that was meant to be a pagan holiday and made it a symbol of his great love. A day that we recognize the birth of the Savior. A day that we remember that there was a world lost and on its way to hell and love stepped in. Love came in the gentle humility of a baby. We remember with the birth of our Savior, God's plan for redemption was put into motion for the world to see. It is what God does. It just is. It's what He did with each of us. He took a symbol of sin and made it a symbol of His glory. He made us a symbol of His great love. So let us live proud to be a symbol of God's grace and mercy and love. As always, I pray that this message speaks to your spirit and encourages you in your walk. I pray that God's hand will guide you and direct you and direct your steps. You know what? Let's jump into today's message titled, Battle Ready, Part 3, Using the Weapon of God's Word. There is no weapon more dangerous uh, to the enemy than the Word of God. It is by His Word that all things came into being, and it is by His Word that all things are sustained. John 1.3 says, Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Psalm 33.9 says, For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded it, and it stood firm. Mark 4.39 says, He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. The laws of nature itself bend to the will of the word of God. By the words of Jesus, the wind and waves obeyed him. By the word of Jesus, death and the laws of nature that govern death were reversed in multiple cases when he, when he raised people from the dead. By his word, the chemical makeup of water was completely altered and turned into wine. By his word, demons were cast out and not allowed to speak. 
by his, by the word of God, Jesus shut down the temptations of the enemy. When God speaks, the enemy shakes because he knows nothing overrides the word of God. And the enemy has no weapon that can stand against it because ultimately he is subject to it. Like all creation. We always look to Jesus as our example. His life and his ministry showed us how to live, how to have a relationship with the Father, how to treat others, how to pray, how to love, how to overcome, and how to defeat the enemy. Matthew 4, 1-11 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against any stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Now I have to say, guys, each time he used scripture to refute Satan and to defeat him, but that last one, you could tell Jesus had enough. Whenever he tried to get him to worship, uh, when the devil tried to get Jesus to worship him, you could tell Jesus had enough, and, and at his word, he told him to leave, get away from me. You know, for it's, you know, God is the only one that we worship. And, but it was by Jesus' word that Satan left. J Jesus told him to leave, boom, and he was done, and Satan left. So Jesus models for us how we fight the enemy. Each time Satan tempted Jesus, he was met and countered with, it is written, referring to the word of God. Jesus used scripture to shut down the enemy. It is worth taking note that each time Jesus uses scripture against the devil, there is no counterattack regarding that scripture. The devil doesn't argue with him about it. He simply moves on to a different attack. Notice how the devil even tried to twist scripture and use the word of God to his advantage. But again, Jesus countered him with scripture that he had no defense for. This raises a very important point. The enemy knows the scriptures, and he will try to use them against you. He will twist them to fit his agenda, confusing you with the very weapon you are trying to use against him. This is why it is so important to know the word of God, the power it holds, and seek his wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and reveal the truth of God's word to you. Don't try to make it say what you want it to say. Just let it speak as it is written and in accordance to the will of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who, do, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling the word of truth, the word of God. There is nothing more powerful than the word of God, and we must be diligent 
to know this weapon, to understand it. If we are to wield it against the enemy, we must be confident with it. This means, or, you know, that means you have to train with it. Make time to study it. Practice using it when you pray. Apply it to your life in every area. And when you face the enemy, let God's word flow out of you with confidence. Arm yourself with it. Ephesians 6.17 reminds us to take hold of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. God says to use his word as a sword against the enemy. Hebrews 4.12 says God's word is, a li- is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword and cuts as deep as the place where soul and spirit meet. That's a powerful statement just in itself, but it continues to says the place where joints and marrow meet. God's word judges a person's thoughts and intentions. Unlike a man-made sword, this sword cuts through lies, temptations, deceit, and all kinds of evil. The enemy has nothing that can stand against it. Yet we get in trouble and don't know how to use the most powerful weapon in existence. It is up to us to study it. We must write his word upon our hearts and let it always be on our lips. This is a spiritual weapon unlike any other. It is referred to as a sword, and a sword is an offensive weapon. Sure, you know you can block the enemy's attacks with it defensively, but it was designed to cut or pierce, to be used offensively. When the enemy comes, do not fear him. Turn and face him. Go on the offensive and take the fight to him using the weapons God has given you. Remember the devil doesn't fear you, but he does fear the one who lives in you. Your words have no effect on him, but the word of God will stop him in his tracks. The Bible says that Satan roams the earth looking for those he can devour. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. He is out for blood and will fight to the death, so to speak. And so should we. Stand in God's truth. Call upon the Lord who will renew your strength and speak with boldness, declaring God's word against the enemy and let the power of his word do what only it can do. It will shut down the enemy and destroy his weapons. Satan does not want you proficient with this weapon. He would rather you not fight. He would rather you remain ignorant of God's word. It makes his work easier. I don't know about you, but I've had enough with making it easier for the enemy. No more. Let Satan know you stand ready, armed with the power of God's word, and will strike him down in the name of Jesus. It is not other people that we battle against. I know it may seem that way sometimes because it is people that hurt you and people that say things, but they are simply being used by the enemy. We have to recognize the enemy and use the weapons God gives us. We have to learn to speak God's word over every area of our life. When, you know, when we are struggling at work, speak God's word over your situation. When you know, the enemy attacks at home and comes after your family, speak God's word over your family. Whatever you are struggling with, whatever sin you are fighting or battling, speak God's word over it. When you, when you don't know what to pray, pray the word of God. When you don't know how to worship or what to say to praise him, use the word of God. It brings down strongholds and it destroys all that stands against God's plan. 
a lot of people use scripture like fortune cookie quotes, not realizing the power that they hold. God's word is not just some accumulation of inspirational quotes for you to post all over social media. It is a powerful weapon against the enemy. It holds power. It teaches us. It corrects us, strengthens us, equips us, helps us to discern the will of God. It acts like a mirror. It pierces our soul. It destroys the enemy. It brings down strongholds. It is the final authority. A big part of being battle ready is knowing the word of God and how to use it effectively. Make time to study his word. Ask him to teach you and equip you. Then go and shut down the enemy at every turn. When you sense the enemy is coming after you, don't hesitate to pull out scripture and remind him it is written. God, I come to you and, and pray that I gotta pray that you would give your people a hunger for your word. Teach us how to use your word to defeat the enemy. Teach us how to use your word to bring down strongholds and see victory in our lives and the lives of those around us. Speak to your people, Lord. Guide us with your word. You said that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Well, I'm asking now, Lord. Pour out your wisdom in my life and in all those who seek it. Let me be a kingdom man, as Tony Evans calls it. A man that when I wake up, the devil says, oh no, he's up. God, I pray that your people will fully use the weapons that you have given us. I pray that you would raise up the warriors and they would cut the enemy down at every turn. Let your people walk with such confidence in you that the enemy gets frustrated every time he sees us. Light a fire in your people. Bring revival in the church and let us serve as a symbol of your love, mercy, and grace. Use us to stand in the way of the enemy and lift those who are in need up. And we will be faithful to give you the glory, honor, and praise. Amen.